Well, again, I want to extend a special welcome to anyone who is new, new or visiting with us, whether that's in person or online. So glad that you are with us this morning as well. Well, today we are selling great, celebrating Grandparent Sunday. Isn't that fun? It's so fun. And I have to brag, right? This is the problem when you give me, uh, you know, a mic and a screen. Uh, these are my two little ones. Conrad uh, was two in May. And then my granddaughter Maeve came into the world about three weeks ago. And so this was taken yesterday as they were ready for the big game. Unfortunately, they did not cheer loud enough, right? But uh, so anyway, just wanted to share that. I want to take this moment just to acknowledge all of the grandparents that are here with us today. If you could stand, uh, if you are a grandparent. If you are a great, yep, there we go. I want to celebrate grandparents. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Isn't it wonderful we get to love all of them and give them back? Yeah, it's just the best. Uh, something else I just want to share, too, before we uh, get, get into the message this morning. Uh, we have decided to make some adjustments to our trip to the Holy Land. Uh, we were planning on going uh, the end of next month, but due to some variables uh, that are happening, we have decided to move our trip to go next April. And the date that we have picked uh, will be over Lent, and we will actually be in the Holy Land uh, on Palm Sunday. How awesome is that going to be? And so I just kind of want to give you just a little uh, sneak peek of that change. We haven't uh, announced it fully uh, as of just yet, but I wanted to give you some inside information. So if it's something uh, that you feel the Lord tugging on your heart, that you would uh, love to experience the Holy Land, and especially uh, during uh, the season of Easter, we would love for you to join us. Again, nothing you need to do right now. We're about six months out, but I uh, just wanted to, uh, to share that. So today we start a new sermon series called grounded, grounded. And uh, so many things come to mind when we hear the word grounded. And some of you may be having some of those thoughts as well. And, and we know uh, with electrical, uh, it's important to, to have wires grounded, right? So you don't get electrocuted or start a fire, right? It's important. And then uh, grounded, I can't help but think of when you were in trouble. I might get grounded when you were little. Yeah, okay, I'm in good company. I'm in good company. Um, and uh, usually what would happen when we would get grounded, at least in my era, uh, you would get grounded and you wouldn't be able to go out and play, okay? Now that's not a problem. We get grounded from electronics. It's a totally different type of grounding. So I came across this uh, cute story the other day, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, th this woman shares a story of her son, and she says, My son uh, is the only kid I know who got out of school, got uh, out of a school suspension, got a school suspension in kindergarten, right? Got in trouble in kindergarten. So this little boy, um, he had just come back in from recess. How many of us remember recess? Yeah, so much fun. Had just come back in from recess, but he didn't want to come back in. I mean, really, who wants to come back in from recess? And so he was a smart little boy, and um, he thought, you know what, I know what happens when you pull that fire alarm, you get to go back outside. So he pulled that fire alarm, and of course, everybody got to go outside. And you know what, it didn't add up too well for him. I think he got grounded, right, when he got home. But smart little boy. So what does it mean to be grounded? And another thing that, that comes to our mind is if someone is grounded, that, that we may think that they've got a, a good head on their shoulders, that they've got wisdom, that they've got discernment, they know right from wrong. Uh, they have a grasp on reality. They are a grounded person. You see, if we're not grounded in our faith and in our beliefs in Christ, then we find ourselves being easily swayed, kind of like leaves or trees blowing in the wind. So being grounded in your faith allows you to take the steps that you could have never taken on your own. Grounded, grounded, being strong 
and courageous, walking on holy ground. I want to share a passage with you from Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, the verse 8 in chapter 17. They will be like a tree planted by by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Amen. This morning we're going to look at a portion of Scripture where the Israelites are preparing to enter into the Promised Land. And, And generations had waited for thousands and thousands of years, right, to take possession of this land. And it was very exciting, yet they found themselves in uncharted territory. And they were a bit fearful. And they were questioning their ability to move forward and maybe feeling a bit paralyzed. We remember 20 years ago that feeling on September 11th, feeling paralyzed, maybe hopeless, fearful. And yet 20 years later, we're reminded that God will make a way when it seems there is no way. In this first chapter of Joshua, the words be strong and courageous are shared four different times, just in the first chapter. It's the Lord's encouragement to Joshua and the Lord's encouragement to us. The word encourage means to put heart into I want to share a quote with you from General uh, Andrew Jackson. He says, one man with courage makes a majority. You see, we face challenges and we learn from Joshua the importance of being grounded in our faith and the importance of being strong and courageous. So we're going to jump into the scripture this morning. Uh, Joshua uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Hear these words. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and also the hearing of his word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you all, these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where, you're, where, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, to the great river, the Euphrates, and the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws Uh, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you uh, may be careful to do everything written in it and then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go wherever you go so who was joshua who was joshua he was a slave in egypt and he saw the bad the good the ugly the miracles in the mighty power of god he was a soldier he was a general and had exceptional military skills and he defeated the amalekites 
just months um, uh, after fleeing Egypt. He was a servant. He was uh, at the right hand of Moses. And he was uh, with the Israelites when uh, they had made the golden calf. We remember when they had made the golden calf. And he would also stand guard at uh, the tent of meeting when Moses would enter into that sacred time with the Lord. And he would be outside of that tent to protect that, that sacred time. And he was with Moses for 40 years. 40 years they were together. And he would be the successor to Moses. You see, God could have chosen anyone. He could have chosen anyone to succeed Moses, uh, to lead the Israelites to conquer the promised land. Um, But he chose Joshua. So why did God choose Joshua? Because Joshua had faith in God. Joshua had faith in God. Joshua's a a man of faith who knew the Lord. He knew the Lord, and he trusted the Lord to do wonders for his people. So it's a new beginning in this chapter, right? It's a new beginning. There's a new leader, but it's the same God. So how do we get to this part of the story? I want to rewind just a bit. So this is from Genesis. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So again, we're back with Abraham in the beginning. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, and the Lord, as, as the Lord had told him, and, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarah with him, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people uh, that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Verse 6 tells us, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And so we know through the Holy Scriptures that this didn't happen right away. Abraham had passed on this promise to his son Isaac and then to uh, Isaac's son Jacob, right? So we're passing along this inheritance. And we know that it's out there, uh, but but they're not going to acquire it just yet. And so then in the midst of all this, God raises up Moses to free the Hebrews and to lead them out of Egypt towards the promised land. And oh, by the way, the journey from Egypt to the promised land is going to take 40 years. Whoops, didn't mention that. And you're going to spend a whole lot of time in the desert. I don't know about you, but um, whenever I travel out of state, I get excited when I travel. And and if I'm going south and I cross that high river and it says, welcome to Kentucky, all right, one state down. Anybody else with me, right? And then you cross over Tennessee and you're like, I'm one step closer, right? Or maybe if you're headed out uh, east coast and you're into Pennsylvania, you know, and you get the idea and you see these signs. But I equally feel that way when I come home. There's nothing like being away, you know, when you're driving home and, and you cross that river and you see the sign, Welcome to Ohio, right? And you know that you are home, sweet home. So it's been 40 years and the Israelites have made it. They've made it, and and there's this road sign that says, thank you for visiting the wilderness, right? Thank you for visiting the wilderness. And just beyond that, uh, you see the sign ahead that says, welcome to the promised land. Ah!" Right? They had to be so excited. And you can just imagine the emotion. Finally, we've made it to the promised land. There's the sign. And then the unimaginable happens. 
Moses dies. What? Moses dies. And he never gets to lead his people over the border into the promised land. And Joshua, he had to be like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? What just happened here? This wasn't a part of the plan. I'm his servant. I'm his right-hand man. Moses was the one. Moses was the one that was to lead us into the land that was promised forever ago. Joshua finds himself in a new territory and in a new role. And I can't help but wonder, did he ever have this thought? I can't walk in Moses' shoes. I cannot walk in Moses' shoes. They're way too big a shoes to fill. Way too big a shoes to fill. Ever stepped into anyone else's shoes? Yeah, we've all had to step into someone else's shoes. They don't fit no matter how hard we try. They don't fit. Or maybe you're in a season where you've got to put on a new pair of shoes. You're experiencing something that's totally new for you and it's different and it might be scary and you're not used to these new shoes, this new season that you're in. I I can't help but think of our college kids that are away. You know, they're they're away in the midst of of a pandemic but also away from home. And they're trying to figure out what shoes, right? What shoes they're walking in. They're learning to walk into their new selves for the first time and it's exciting and it's scary. I shared this quote a couple weeks ago and I want to share it again, but this time we're going to have a little twist on it. And I want you all to hear these words this morning. Walk in your own shoes. Can you say that with me? Walk in your own shoes. Okay. Walk in your own shoes. God gave you a footprint that no one else has so that you can leave an imprint that no one else can. Amen? Joshua was never meant to walk in Moses' shoes. He was meant to walk in his shoes. And God calls us to walk in our shoes. So God gives Josh this, this commission and this command. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River and into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert, of, desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates and all the Hittite country and to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As, it, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you say that with me? God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. Amen. We go on in verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. It was a new beginning. It was time to claim their inheritance and to enjoy the blessings of the land and the spiritual blessings that God had for them. So how did these faithful followers of Moses, right? We've got this whole generation, this whole group of people that are following Moses. How did they respond to Joshua? Did they doubt him? Did they question his leadership? Did they criticize him? Did they say, hey, I see the sign, I'm out of here. Peace out, right? How did they respond to this change that their, their leader that they loved, that they followed uh, for, for 40 plus years, and then their children and their children? How did they respond? We, we find out in verse 16, and then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever, wherever you send us, we will go. 
Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Ooh, what a response. What a response. You see, God wants to enlarge. He wants to enlarge our territory, to claim our spiritual inheritance in his kingdom and to praise God from whom all blessings flow. So what does a new territory look like right now? What does a new territory look like right now? We're in unprecedented times where the territory looks completely different. Church looks completely different. Life looks completely different. What does our new territory look like right now? Maybe you're in a new stage of life. Maybe a new marriage, maybe new babies, college kids, maybe a new job, maybe a season of being in between jobs, maybe retirement, navigating maybe the loss of a loved one or an illness. I want you to hear these words this morning, and I want you to take these with you as you go. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So being grounded in our faith and relationship with God gives us the courage and the strength to do what we can't do on our own. I want to share a beautiful poem with you. This morning, hear these words. One night I had a dream, and I, as I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially in the lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand. Why? When I needed you the most, why would you leave me? The Lord whispered, my precious child, I love you and I will never leave you. Never ever. During your trials and your testings and when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. God is preparing you for what is next. I want to encourage you not to focus on the hardship of today, but to live in the perspective of God of what God is preparing you for for tomorrow. Are we living like the victorious? Are we living like the victorious or are we living like the defeated? You see, our victory is in Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. I love this quote from Walter uh, Brueggemann. He says, the power of the future lies not in the hands of those who believe in scarcity, but those who trust in God's abundance. Amen. Amen. The world, you see, wants us to live in scarcity. Some of you uh, may, may uh, know the, the, the uniqueness between the, the name Jesus and the name Joshua. In Hebrew, uh, Yeshua is translated to Joshua in English. And then in Greek, 
Yeshua is translated to Jesus in English. You see, Jesus is our Joshua who leads us and is with us in the battles of life through his life, death, and resurrection. We share in the promises, his promises of abundant life and the desires that he has to share all of his treasures with us, his wonderful inheritance. It's a hope in which we stand and we are grounded in his love. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite the team as I lead us into a time of prayer. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we come before you, and Lord, we are reminded, Lord, that, that when we're in situations in our lives, and whether it would be individually or collectively, that you are with us wherever we go, and to be strong and courageous. And Lord, our strength not comes from what we can do, but Lord, it comes from you. It comes from you. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning to not be afraid or discouraged that you are with us. And God, in those moments where we might be a little down, we might have situations going on in our lives, we all do. Let's be honest, we all do, and you know our stories. To claim this victorious mindset, to keep our eyes fixed on you, and to have this spiritual awareness of your tremendous abundance and grace and love in our lives, that you walk with us, and that we can do all things through Jesus Christ that gives us strength. God, we've come seeking you this morning, and, and we found you. We found you, so we thank you that you have met us here, and we're reminded that you go with us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your mighty and precious name that we pray. And all of God's children said, amen.